Viking fans, and welcome to Purple Mafia. This is Monday, the 8th of December, 2008. We are on episode number 19. That's right, episode number 19 of Purple Mafia. Just one more to go to the big 2-0, um, which wouldn't be the biggest milestone ever, but it's a start. All right, well, it's been about a month since we've had Purple Mafia, folks. About a month, and, um, yep, I'll get into that very shortly. First of all, we are available on thesportstuff.com. That's right, thesportstuff.com, and on iTunes, and I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. On thesportstuff.com, we do have a message boards. There is a button on the upper right-hand corner of the front page of thesportstuff.com that says TSS Boards. Click on that. That is where you can sign up to the message boards. It is 100% free and 100% fun. That way you can not only just watch sports, get involved with thesportstuff.com and the message boards. You can talk to us podcasters. You can uh, vote on my polls that I do for Purple Mafia in the podcasters section, Purple Mafia, Timberwolves Explosion, or Brave the Wild. Those are my three podcasts here on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. All right. Well, as I said, it's been a month, and uh, I want to apologize for that. Uh, the reason, well, it's a pretty good excuse. I was working about 70 hours a week because it was fall cleanup time. Um, yeah, when you have two jobs and your second job goes insane, so it's like becomes a second full-time job because, yeah, fall cleanups are a lot of work. And, uh, yeah, there's just no way I could get time in to do a quality show. Plus, I pretty much missed every game since then. And, uh, yeah, I can't do a show when I don't even watch the game. That's just poor quality. And, um, yeah, people would know if I didn't do the show <laughs> or if I didn't watch the games that I was. Um, yeah, shucks. Last time I did a show was right after Barack Obama got elected. I mean, uh, we, came, we got a little closer to the New World Order. Oh, wait. Actually, it would have gone that way no matter who was elected because they're both on the same side. Yeah, pretty much they are. But we'll get into that in another day. But, yeah, both in the same organization, technically. <laughs> Do your research, folks. Do your research. That's all i got to say. Um, yeah, all en- enough of that. Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to actually get into the talk about the Lions game. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Again, episode number 19 for those of you who may be on an iPod and, uh, just aren't sure which episode you're listening to. Well, you're listening to episode number 19. And, uh, that was of the, uh, the commercial you just heard was of the aforementioned Timberwolves Explosion. Do check it out. Available on, here on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about change? Yeah, there's probably going to be some change there at some point. But now, on to the Vikings game. It was a pretty crazy game. Uh, I can't say it was the best played game ever. Then again, in some ways it was. I mean, Tavares Jackson was pretty darn good. Jared Allen, lots of good stuff to get to. Um, 
hey, you know, got to give the Lions credit, folks. Got to give the Lions credit. I know that sounds really lame, but they, they, they played all right. I mean, they played all right. They didn't play like the worst team ever. Uh, they just didn't win the game. <laughs> and that's just the way it goes. That's why they're 0-13, I, I guess. So, uh, well, let's just get right into the nitty-gritty. Starting out, the Lions need to call a timeout just 30 seconds into the game because of communication issues. Drawing early boos from the home crowd. <laughs> Nothing. Next thing you know, Adrian Peterson fumbles. He fumbled already, folks, just right away into the game. We're going to be talking about a lot of fumbles today. <laughs> I'm Adrian Peterson. Luckily, the ball goes out of bounds as it rolls forward for a quote-unquote gain. It actually went forward, so we got a couple extra yards out of it. The Vikings definitely came into the game with the idea of pounding the run at the NFL's 31st-place defense. Unfortunately, the last-place defense stopped us as rookie Cliff Avril was able to pick up his fourth sack of the year. So, yeah, there's a little sign of positive for Detroit anyway, Cliff Avril. Uh, you know, showing something early on. So now Detroit gets the ball. And Dante Culpepper, remember him? Yeah. He kind of brought back some memories as he scrambled and looked very limber. Culpepper actually looked like he could move. He found Colbert for a 28-yard gain, looking, you know, on a rollout. He did a lot of those in this game. Next thing you know, Kevin Smith breaks through for a 14-yard gain and another first down. The Vikings continued to get offsides calls. Three on this drive. Three offsides calls on this drive, folks, and the Lions continued to steadily move forward. Fortunately, though, Greenway knocked down a pass to Kevin Smith in the end zone, and the Lions had to settle for three, so three-nothing Lions at that point. Darius Raynaud, now, finally this name is brought up. Darius Raynaud was the kick returner for the Vikings here as he broke loose on a 43-yard kickoff return and is barely stopped by the kicker, Jason Hansen. And, uh... That was basically because Renaud made a mistake. Renaud actually turned the wrong way. So what what do you do? He got an open field tackle, the kicker Jason Hansen, the legend of Detroit. He's around from the Barry Sanders era, as we all remember. Almost immediately, though, on the Vikings drive, Renaud throws the ball right into Lions linebacker Ryan Neese, and the crappy feeling we were all getting continues to grow. As, yes, a lot of us were pretty worried that the Vikings could turn around from a Emotional Chicago Bears win. You know, we beat the Chicago Bears in the Dome. Turn around and lose to the worst team in the league the next week. Yeah, that's that's Minnesota sports-like. The Twins, the Vikings, the Wolves, the Wild, every dang one of them. It's just the way it goes. Um, another offside for the Vikings immediately, folks. Another offside, making it four in the first quarter. Four in the first quarter, folks. That is ridiculous. As Culpepper goes deep on a free play, that was thankfully... Intercepted, preventing disaster, and of course the Lions keep the ball, being it's a free play, so it wasn't really a real interception, it just wasn't a touchdown. And, uh, end of a sappy first quarter, the Lions still lead just three to nothing, it was just, wow, it was like, okay, I think we're gonna lose this game, no, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> then it was like, okay, who turned back the clock? Culpepper is suddenly remembering how to play, nailing Michael Gaines for a 27 yard gain, the Lions, again, can't convert in the red zone, but legendary Jason Hansen gets a chip shot field goal to make it 6 nothing Lions. 6 nothing Lions. And uh, now that the Vikings get the ball back, uh, being the run didn't really work so well as we started out with that, and we didn't really get very far. The Vikings then try to establish the passing game some, mixing in the run as well. So obviously the run's never going to go away. But then Peterson fumbles the ball again. That was the second time. Fortunately, he was already down when the ball came out, so I guess that one didn't really count, actually. It wasn't one of the four fumbles he got today. 
as the Vikings dodge a bullet. Uh, Vasante Schenko is becoming a good weapon for Farad as he brings in a 25-yard catch, which leads to a field goal, making it 6-3 to three Lions. And uh, that was Vasante Schenko is becoming one of the better tight ends right now, one of the better receiving tight ends in the league. And uh, that was laughable to even think about that. Just, uh, you know, just like, you know, back earlier in the season, this guy was the worst tight end, was probably the worst tight end in the NFL. I mean, literally, he had stone hands, just boof, you know, <laughs> or something, I don't know. Now it's back to the Detroit Lions again, oh goody, you know, it's like, here we go again, they'll probably score again, right? <laughs> as Culpepper then continues to complete passes as tempers flare. Jared Allen was blocked low by Godster's Cheryl, that's one of the weirdest names I've ever seen, he's a rookie. Uh, Jared Allen was 20 yards away from the ball, from the ball, from the play that was going on on the field. And Gosser Cherilis just literally put his helmet right into Jared Allen's knee. Jared Allen lays on the ground for a while, just, you know, in immense pain, gets up ready to literally kill Gosser Cherilis. And uh, luckily he was restrained by Ray Edwards, and eventually Culpepper kind of sort of came over and was like, hey, get back, you know, we don't need this right now. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That was pretty scary. As uh, On the next play, Napoleon Harris and Moran Norris go at it. Uh, Norris gets ejected because he punched Napoleon Harris in the face. Harris was pushing Noran around. Uh, but fortunately, after all that skirmish and all that fighting and all that uh, scariness, at least in terms of the Vikings, the Lions blow a fourth and one on the Vikings 30. But immediately, see the, see the Lions just turn the ball over on downs, right? The next play... Farad throws another interception as the ball is tipped and intercepted by Corey Smith. Jared Allen, though, returns. Jared Allen returns, but guess what? On that play, the interception, Gus Farad. Gus Farad's back is then hurt. as It's a lower back injury. Obviously, an immense pain. Does not return. Does not return. Uh, Detroit then advances to the six, making it fourth and one. And at that point, Farad is officially carried off the field. The fourth and one, then, is reviewed by the booth. Thankfully, the play stands. The Lions blow it again with a quarterback sneak as the Williams wall stands again, ending the first half 6-3 to three Lions. So that was about the lamest first half ever. Luckily, things didn't get a lot worse than they were. Uh, yeah. Remember how Culpepper used to do those quarterback sneaks and would always get them with the Vikings? Not very easy to do with the Williams wall. So thank God that happened. Uh, first half notables for you. Gus Farratt was 7 of 10, so that looked good, but the two interceptions was just, dev- was, well, it wasn't devastating, but ugly. It just is ugly, you know. Farratt's not been the greatest quarterback ever of late. Culpepper was 7 of 13, 103 yards. His quarterback rating was over 100. Very sharp, Dante Culpepper. Peterson on t- 7 rushes at 28 yards. Kevin Smith on 13 rushes at 34 yards. He was only about... To- he only averaging about 2.7 a carry. Peterson in the fours. Shanko had three receptions and 45 yards. So that was good news. And being the, uh, well, now we get on to the second half, being the Vikings won the coin toss. It's now Detroit's ball. Oh, goody. Uh, and Detroit basically does nothing. It was pretty much a three and out. Jaron Allen ends the drive emphatically as the Warrior, and I mean the Warrior, pulls down his 11th and a half sack of the year. Culpepper then fumbles. We all remember that. I think he must have fumbled about three times in the game, which is his trademark. You know, unfortunately, Detroit recovers at the one, and they get off a great 66-yard punt out of the end zone. That was Harris, the punter of the Detroit Lions. 
And, um, well, in the stat sheet, it doesn't really show that Culpepper fumbled three times, but uh, he did. It's because they recovered it three times. The ball was recovered every single time by Detroit. But, yeah, I mean, he bobbled a uh, attempted uh, handoff to Kevin Smith, bobbled this play here, and I believe he fumbles later on in the game. Um, yeah, Dante Culpepper, that's all that's what he does. He fumbles all the time. And guess what, folks? Guess who your quarterback is? Number seven, Tavares Jackson. Tavares Jackson, as we all hold our breath, as we all remember the four-interception performance last year in Detroit. And remember my famous video on YouTube, the one that pretty much put me on the map where I went insane. I went berserk worldwide on YouTube, <laughs> talking about the six turnovers apiece and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, boy, please don't do it again, Tavares. Come on, please help us. But guess what, folks? Jackson starts off sharp, completing a few third-down conversions. Peterson then breaks through with a 21-yard breakout, taking the Vikings to the 17. Chester Taylor then immediately breaks through a big hole up the middle and goes all 17 yards to pay dirt. 17 yards to pay dirt. Chester Taylor got a touchdown, making it 10-6 Vikings, completing the most impressive drive of the day so far. Yeah, I mean, that was... Spectacular. That really was awesome. It, it was like instant offense. Tavares Jackson. You know, it's that, that's like a basketball term, kind of like a instant offense off the bench. Okay, I guess. <laughs> you know, the Vikings offense couldn't move at all. Tavares Jackson comes in, boom, immediately. So, got it like that. I mean, it, it somehow it motivated the team, I guess. Uh, and with the Detroit comes in on their next drive. They got off to a very sloppy start. Looks like the Vikings have stopped him, but then the calls for a hold in the secondary. Benny Sapp, number 22, giving the Lions a first down, and didn't you just know this would happen? On the very next play, Culpepper brings back memories again on a perfect deep pass to Calvin Johnson for a 70-yard touchdown bomb. Shades of the Culpepper to Moss days, and the Vikings hold their lead for less than two minutes as the Lions now make it 13-10. to 10. So an entertaining start to the second half, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the Culpepper of old right there. Just a cock back, boom, ah, throwing it to number 84. And, yes, Kelvin Johnson, obviously, we all know is a superstar, just on a very bad team with bad quarterbacking, and uh, now there's a quarterback that can throw a little bit. Culpepper is starting to act, Culpepper actually looked like a veteran today. He really did. Um as then on the next drive, the Vikings then get demolished, like building seven, <laughs> building seven. And Jackson nearly throws an interception on third down. So it's like, oh, boy, here we go again. Here we go again, folks. As Culpepper again is going to bring back memories, as it looks like he's finally regained his mobility, breaking loose for an athletic 11-yard gain for a first down, as we remember when he used to do that all the time with the Vikings back when I really liked the guy. You know, I love that about him. You know, it really helped the Vikings keep drives alive by doing stuff like that. But guess what? Hello again, Jared Allen, as the Warriors then blows through for his 12th and a half sack of the year, making his second of the game. As the Vikings then stop the Lions a few plays later, drawing only the second punt of the game for the Lions. That was it, which is scary, man. With only two minutes left in the third quarter, the Lions get do only their second punt of the game. And, of course, it was another excellent punt by Harris. So, oh, goody, that means more field, uh, poor field position. Vikings offense, though, starts out sharp, converting two first downs. 
as the third quarter comes to an end. The Lions, of course, are still up 13-10 to at this point. At the start of the fourth quarter, the Vikings running game was looking really good. As now they have awakened. I mean, Taylor and Peterson just keep busting through, especially Peterson with an 8-yard gain, 9-yard gain, 11-yard gains here and there. Jackson looking really sharp. It's giving us all some confidence as the Vikings complete two more first downs. Jackson then completes a nice rollout pass, just like Randall Cunningham back in the day. This one was to Vasante Shanko for an 11-yard touchdown, making it 17-13. to As the guy who may have been a part of costing Tavares Jackson his job by dropping multiple touchdown passes earlier in the year, one's in Green Bay, uh, one in uh, one against Chicago last year, one against uh, the uh, the Colts this year, very easily could have cost Tavares Jackson's job. I mean, it definitely definitely helped cost him his job. Um, at this point, there was 11, 12, 22 to go in the fourth quarter, so it's like, cross your fingers, folks. But guess what? The Lions then come back with a very similar type of drive, converting first down after first down with Culpepper and Kevin Smith leading the way. Uh, Kelvin Johnson's sliding catch at the seven was overturned, fortunately. That saved us. As it was basically called a trap, he didn't really have possession of the ball. Putting the Lions at fourth and 11. Hansen then makes a 39-yard field goal, making it 17-16 to Vikings with 5.44 to go. So Vikings dodge a huge bullet right there. That may have been one of the biggest uh, parts of the game where, you know, <laughs> either way that went, who, you know, who, whichever way that play went, it could, could have helped decide the game right there. That was a biggie. Uh, Adrian Peterson then on the following drive, looking like Barry Sanders. Yes, I said it, folks, Barry Sanders. They broke one tackle after another for a 25-yard gain. Just broke through everybody. But at this point, something goes crazy with Adrian Peterson. I don't know what happened. It was a mental block or something. But I don't know. What the heck? As he uh, continues to bobble the ball, he fumbled the ball twice. The next two times he touched the ball, he bobbled it somehow. I, I don't know what the heck is going on. Um, that was the fourth, uh, that made it four fumbles for the day. Thankfully, every single one of them were recovered. The Vikings very lucky there. But then Taylor, Chester Taylor, with that signature, signature catch and run for a first down. As uh, he is dependable on that play as anyone in the league, as the announcer said that as well. Uh, had a big smile on his face. That guy is so valuable on those third down catch and runs or second down, whatever it is. You know, whatever it is, you get the first down out of it. And that's what matters most. But unfortunately, on third and eight, AP slips. So now not only the bobbling, he just slips. Gets the ball, whoop, slides right to the ground. Play over. Now it's fourth and 11. Oh, goody. But luckily, the clock was runs all the way down to 27 seconds, so time has been ticking. Ryan Longwell, Mr. Clutch, Mr. Legend. You know, he's going to be a legend when it's all said and done. Hope he gets a ring at some point. Then attempts a 50-yarder and nails it, making it 20-16 to 16 Vikings with 22 seconds left. As we say our prayers with our special teams coverage, fortunately return is stopped. the return is stopped at the 29. Culpepper then tries to go deep, but Ray Edwards knocks the ball loose. The Ryans recover the ball again, so that was, a, yeah, there's the fumble that I was talking about. Um, but the clock runs all the way down to one second left, one second. All that time just went tick-tock, tick-tock, and... Uh, Culpepper actually hurt his shoulder on that play. He probably would be able to recover later, but they need to throw the ball deep now. So they have to put Drew Henson in. They're screwed, as he can't even get rid of the ball. The Vikings survive and go to 8-5. and five. They survive to go 8-5 and five and remain in first place. So that works. Um, not the most exciting performance ever, but not the worst ever.
Uh, obviously, the good signs were Jared Allen, Tavares Jackson, Pat Williams, and Kevin Williams got to play. And uh, I was asked yesterday, do I think the Vikings would have won the game had the Williams wall been suspended at this point? No. No, I don't think they would have won the game because I think Kevin Smith would have had a huge game. I, I, I really do. I mean, he looked like he was going to explode. On 22 rushes, he had 63 yards, good for uh, about 2.9 a carry. Uh, yeah, I think it would have been much better. As Pat Williams just snuffed him multiple times in the game. Shanko finishing with 65 yards and a touchdown, of course, as mentioned. Um, really like what I'm seeing for Vicente Shanko. This guy is the real deal. He really is. Uh, Tavares Jackson finished with a 143.8 quarterback rating. Wow. I mean, that is total night and day compared to last year in Detroit. Um, the official status of Gus Verrat, unknown at this point in time. Very hard to say. Uh, it could go either way, folks. It really could. Right now, I'm probably leaning towards the possibility Tavares Jackson being the quarterback next week. Because back injuries are not good. Um, remember Detroit, or Detroit, Culpepper years ago had a back injury, and he was out for a while. Of course, that one had a couple of small cracks in his vertebra. That was a really big deal. Luckily, it wasn't as bad as it sounded. Um, and, uh, Culpepper, on the day, his quarterback rating, yeah, was 103. The guy looked pretty good. I mean, give him credit. He looked pretty good. Officially, he only rushed for seven yards, but that's because he had some. he was sacked three times in the game, so that's just how it goes. That's definitely going to kill your rushing yardage. So the conclusion of the game, really, Vikings don't play great, but don't but, but play good enough to win. The Lions played better than you'd expect. Uh, hard to say. I guess they can have their little moral victory. I guess that's where we're going to have to go with the uh, Detroit there. Uh, Culpepper, I'm sure, was motivated as all heck to beat us with the way things ended up here as now. Real quickly, we're going to talk about next week's opponent. This is not going to be easy. Another first place 8-5 and five team, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, uh, the running game is nothing special. It really isn't. Edron James and Hightower, neither one of them has really done much. Neither one of them even has 400 yards, though Hightower has 10 touchdowns, so he is a goal line threat. That is the one major thing to worry about with Hightower, uh, Edge, well, it just isn't the same guy. Hightower is only averaging about three yards a carry. Uh, James is averaging three and a half. But, yeah, as I said, Tim Hightower, he is a serious goal line throughout with ten touchdowns. But, yeah, the running game probably won't be as big a problem as the passing game. The passing game. Kurt Warner already with 4,000 yards. Quarterback rating 99 right now. Uh, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, an MVP candidate, a legitimate MVP candidate, turning this Arizona Cardinals team into a legitimate contender this year. I mean, they should be, I mean, very likely will be in the playoffs. Uh, this division is pretty lame, but uh, these guys win. These guys win games they need to win. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, a Minnesota native, just, I mean, what an awesome, awesome combination Larry Fitzgerald and Edwin Bolden. This is easily the number one receiving tandem in the league, in my opinion. Easily. And you got the MVP for a quarterback, or an MVP candidate for a quarterback, even though he's very old. Uh, both Bolden and Fitzgerald with 83 receptions apiece. Of course, Bolden missing two games with a fracture. 
in his face, a I believe his cheekbone, he comes back and still has this insanely awesome year that he's having. Uh, Fitzgerald with about 1,150 yards, nine touchdowns. Anquan Bolden with 1,004 yards, 11 touchdowns, huge threat. Wonderful for your fantasy team if you have Kerr Warner and Bolden, like me. <laughs> I love that. One of the great uh, duos you could possibly have in fantasy football this year. Um, that is the key, though. I mean, the thing is, you know how the Vikings, uh, the Vikings pass defense not so great? Well, guess what, folks? Guess what? Not looking good for the, uh, not looking good going in. Uh, this is game is in Arizona, by the way, also. So it's another road game. Not too optimistic going into this game, as you can understand. Uh, fortunately, the Bears still a game behind. Obviously, I wish they lost yesterday, but they didn't. They had a pretty nice victory. Packers lose. They're pretty much finished. Ah, uh, man. As I mentioned, the, uh, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals officially the worst rushing offense in the NFL. The best passing offense, or second best passing offense in the NFL. Um, their rush defense is 13th. Their pass defense is 19th. So, mm, pretty much average on defense. And, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of passing in this game, as mentioned. Uh, I just hope and pray the secondary can hold up. Hopefully no holding calls when it's fourth and one. Let's try to stay away from that, Benny Sapp, because that was a huge shame. Other than that, well, <laughs> this is going to be a very, very, very tough matchup. If the Vikings win this game, they deserve some serious, serious credit and you can look at them as being a serious contender going into the postseason if they can beat the Arizona Cardinals. Not too optimistic going in, though. Um, really not. The game plan, well, it's going to have to be similar to the Detroit game, I guess. Just kind of a balance of passing and rushing. Passing and rushing. Because there's no huge weakness. It's just mediocre. They're just mediocre. You just do both, I guess. Um That's pretty much it at this point in time. Uh They even, their third receiver, Steve Breeston, has 863 yards and three and two touchdowns, but man, 67 catches. So they actually have three receivers that can get it done. Um, Antrell Roll is an outstanding player, definitely a guy you got to watch out for. He's the guy I fear the most. Cromarty leads the team in interceptions with three. So yeah, that seems to be something the Vikings like to do a lot is throw interceptions. Watch out for that going in. Other than that, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't really say this is going to be a winnable game. I I don't know. Hope for the best. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm going to take another quick break. We're going to do our poll and wrap the show up after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back once again here on Purple Mafia. Again, episode number 19 of Purple Mafia. That was the Brave the Wild podcast commercial you just heard. Wild Hockey. 
Well, haven't done that show in a while either. Wolves Explosion, I finally get that done earlier this week. That was fun to do. Really enjoyed it. A very energetic show this last week. Do check it out on sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Brave the Wild, I'll get that done probably Wednesday or Thursday at the latest. Now, anyhow, we're going to get into the poll for this show. Last show, I didn't do a poll. I just didn't want to. <laughs> I was too tired and didn't really have much to say. Didn't really have much to, you know, couldn't really think of any type of poll that would really generate some interest. This one, I'll just, I'm going to put, who was your MVP against Detroit? Was it Jared Allen, Tavares Jackson, Pat Williams, or Vasante Shanko? I just saw those four as the main cogs of the victory. Of course, Jared Allen with his guttiness, his sacks, and just flat out being a terror for Dante Culpepper all day, including some nice tackles for loss on Kevin Smith. Tavares Jackson, of course, providing that instant offense when Augusta Rott was injured. Totally changed the offensive game in the second half. Pat Williams, insanely good against Kevin Smith. Just awesome. And Vasante Shanko being easily the top receiver of the game. Just so steady, so steady. I love Vasante Shanko. And <laughs> never dreamt you'd hear me say that earlier in the year. I wanted this guy hauled on the Greyhound, drove off on the Greyhound bus to the NFL unemployment line, to the soup line <laughs> of the NFL. Now I want him signed for, you know, as long as he's signed, I guess. Let's just say that. Let's be careful here, right? Because I know it's already a long contract, so let's uh, leave it as is. Keep it up, Vasante. And uh hope that Pat Williams, Kevin Williams, will not be suspended, as, of course, that deal is in the courts. I didn't really talk about it much today because, eh, you know, you already know about it. It's constantly in the news. Why talk about something that's just up in your face all the time? Other than that, really, yeah, it's at the courts right now. And uh totally out of our control, of course, as we know. Just going to have to hope and pray these guys are not suspended during this season just maybe, just maybe somehow this whole thing is completely overturned and it's all over, but I doubt it. With that, I want to thank each and every one of you again for listening and for sticking with this show in my absence. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it very much. And we'll talk to you again next week after the Arizona Cardinals game. Hope and pray for a win. We'll talk to you then. 